We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. As always, plenty to talk about going on around the world of the NBA. Yes, it's the middle of July, but we still have plenty of drama out there around the league, plenty of transactions to get into. So we're going to dive into that. And also, we're going to have some scheduled nonsense at the end of the show today. So stick around for that as well. But first, Keith, what what's that sound? What I hear. I hear Could that be it's, the Harden horns? It's the Harden horns. There it is. James the Harden horns. Harden. The trade talks continue. <laughs> Keith, we got an update today on James Harden and the trade front. Philadelphia 76ers ultimately going to move him. There was a little bit that came out yesterday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the latest? Yeah, so if we go back to yesterday, Daryl Morey, uh, in uh, I believe it was an interview. I don't think it was a press conference, but he basically said, yeah, James Harden prefers to be traded, and we're trying to honor that. Uh, but he said, uh, well, let me get the exact quote here. Um, the reality is, if we do look at a trade, it's going to be for one of two things. It's either going to be for a player who continues to help us be right there, like we were last year, up three to two on one of the best teams in the East in the Celtics. If we don't get a very good player or something we can turn into a very good player, then we're just not going to do it. And if James were to turn his mind around, we would all be thrilled. But at this moment, he does prefer to be traded, and we are attempting to honor that. So that was on the uh, mm-hmm. uh, 97.5, the Fanatic in, in Philadelphia. So uh, Daryl Morey basically owning the, the trade request. And then news came out uh, today in a uh, good long piece from uh, Jake Fisher that Harden is yeah, he still wants traded, but if he isn't, he plans to report to training camp with the Sixers and will continue to push for a trade uh, to to the Clippers, and that's where he wants to be. It's The Clippers are, uh, uh, I think it's a singularly focused on playing for the Clippers, so that's, that's kind of where we're at with, with the James Harden updates for now. Okay, so does that take a little bit out of, of the bite out of his trade request, or the fact that he's on a one-year deal, is, does that still... I mean, if he really wants to go nuclear, he says, I'm just not going to show up if you don't, if you don't trade me, he's not going down that path, but there's still, I think a decent amount of pressure on uh, the Philadelphia 76ers to get something done. Right. Yeah, I think so. I I think, you know, part of it with Harden too is 
we've seen what happens when he shows up and he doesn't want to be somewhere. We saw with the Rockets and with the Nets. He showed mm -hmm. up and quite frankly didn't play very hard and uh you know didn't didn't look overly engaged and like he didn't really care. So Philly's running a risk, right? He may pull that again. And it's that that becomes hard, right? Because if he just doesn't show up, you do what you did with Simmons, you find him and you do all the things you need to do there and you go down that process. If he does show up and he's not playing hard, how can you how can you necessarily how do you, prove it? How do you right? quantify that? Yeah, right. We yeah. can all see it. It's one of those things mm -hmm. where I don't know how to describe it, but you know when you see it, like, <laughs> like we can all see it um with that. So that's where, yeah, that's to me, that's almost worse, right? Than yeah, than just not showing up at all. So so it's gonna be something we'll we'll monitor here I, my guess is this is much like we've talked about with damian lillard it's just about getting to that right level of package now what i was told in las vegas is and nothing has changed obviously in the week we've been home here but it was that philly is in a spot where they're asking for a lot back they they obviously want a big return and maury basically said that right we want a player or players who can keep us near the top of the conference but they're also asking for that within guys who are on either really good deals or they are on expiring deals because they, they have some plan brewing to have cap space mm -hmm. around uh, joel Embiid next summer because that's part of why they didn't extend Tyrese Maxey. They're looking to keep him on that $13 million cap hold, then have that you know, relatively small amount would agree to a new deal next summer, uh, but you'd hold it till you did everything else. And then you'd sign him and go over the cap. So that means you can't really take money back in a trade this off season. So I'm not quite sure how those, those two things don't really work together. Yeah. Right. So that makes it really hard. And then when you say, well, I want to be with the Clippers. Then if you're another team, I was like, yeah, we think we can make James Harden work. Now are you like, ah, is it really gonna, or is it going to be, no, I still want to be with the Clippers. You know, where do we go? So that's where, you know, all these, I want to be traded, but I want to be traded to exactly one team. It can kind of backfire and slow things way, way down as we've seen with Damian Lillard. Yeah, I mean, that is to thread that needle, right? Of, we need a player that can help us win right now that doesn't have long-term salary and that plays for the Clippers currently. I mean, yeah. what, what is that trade, right? Especially yeah. if like what we've heard the the Clippers, they're not, well, what's being put out there is they're not all that interested in, in James sure. Harden. And of course, even if they, even if they're insanely interested in James Harden, if they are chomping at the bit to get James Harden on their team, they still want to put out there that eh, we're not that interest yeah. you know what i mean if we we don't have to to trade for it because they don't want to overpay or anything but under the parameters that that we're laying out here i don't know that the trade is is there with the clip unless it's what man i guess maybe yeah and that was one of the reports that had been floated around out there that he was a sticking point yeah. in the deal and you kind of get it from the clipper standpoint of james harden's now a guy who i think we can feel confident he's probably gonna miss 20 30 games a year uh, Kawhi and Paul George, if they only missed 20 or 30 games this season, you'd feel pretty good about it if you were the Clippers. So you can't, it's not like you can just say, all right, here's three or four guys for James Harden yeah. because you're in a spot with this. I reported in my summer league notebook that Philly and Miami is in the same boat to some extent. They're a little stuck with filling out their rosters fully because they know we may be doing a you know multiplayer trade here. And then, you know, what do we do? You know, especially on the Philly side, there was, you know, thoughts of, you know, geez, you, you could have maybe got this guy, could have maybe got that guy. And yeah. it's, yeah, but if we do a three or, you know, 
three for one or a four for two kind of trade and we end up plus two in players, we need to have roster spots for those guys. Otherwise, you signed a guy and now it's like, I, hey, I know we signed yeah. you, but you're going to wave you. That doesn't go over well. That, that's never a good thing. So so it just gets kind of messy. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how this ultimately plays out. My guess is it's like I always say, you know, the Clippers offer will improve enough. Philly will say, all right, you know what? Norman Powell's got long-term money, but pretty good guy. We can, we can take it back and we'll figure it out and it'll get done the way uh, Harden wants it to get done. But it may, it may take a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it may. And th- this is why what you're talking about the roster crunch situation, this is why it's much easier to do something like this July 2nd, July yeah. 1st, right? That it is when, once you've made most of your roster moves here, uh, you know, July 19th as we record this. But uh, let me also, and I'd say yeah, one thing because it's related to that is nobody's sitting on cap space anymore. I yes. put this out there yesterday. There's like, the Pistons have a comically small amount, which just, you know, they, they didn't sign anybody that they could have just given it to. So that's, you know, one other thing with them, but they, uh, but the Pacers are like the only team and they have like less than 2 million left in yeah. cap space. Now there's a couple teams that could, could potentially generate a, a good chunk of cap space, but you're not sitting on a team with 30, 40 million where it's like, all right, you don't really want Norman Powell, but you know what? We'll take him on and you route one of the picks to us instead and we'll eat the contract or whatever. Those teams are basically off the board. There's, there's nobody just sitting there with, you know, please, you know, send us your, you know, you're, you're tired, you're retired, you're poor, and we'll, we'll make it all work. Like, no, nobody's sitting there with the Statue of Liberty arms open in New York Harbor. So that's a, a great, I love the historical reference there. That's Thanks. fantastic. I did um, that for you. I, I loved it. I loved it. But um, it, like, under the new CBA, like the Miles Turner situation from last year, it's not happening now nope. because the Pacers sat on cap space forever that they were going to have to spend no matter what. And then they used that to give Miles Turner a big, big bump in his last season salary because that money was spent anyway. They had to use it to reach the salary floor. Yep. And then as a result, got a cheaper Miles Turner contract for this coming league season and the next league season, um, which was brilliant by them, by the way. But now that you have to be there at the start of the season, you have to be at that salary floor opportunities like that and like what you're talking about here with the James Harden situation, they don't exist anymore because there aren't going to be teams with cap space because they're having to spend that money earlier. And we'll see if teams, as everybody kind of gets comfortable in this new CBA world, maybe teams will say, well, I can let it drag out to the end of July, beginning part of August. And then I can kind of jump in there if this kind of deal pops up later. And now we are kind of seeing these things I don't want to say every year, but it's at least like semi-regularly that somebody is um, on the trade market deeper into the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year was Donovan Mitchell. Uh, that that dragged out quite, quite a while. Uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, when he got traded to the Celtics, that was an August trade um, that that went down. And then uh, obviously had some time added on to it after the Cavs were like, ah, Isaiah Thomas doesn't look healthy. We need to think about this deal. But but now we're starting to see these things that they're not. It used to be end of summer league was like me and you staring at each other like, all right, what are we going to talk about? Because we're done. Going on. And yep. yeah. And then, all right, I'll see you in September. Now at least things do kind of pull, pull along a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, we're, we're in a, a little bit of a different spot. So we'll see maybe next year, one of these teams finds themselves. Hey, we're sitting on 60 million in cap space and you know what? We'll save 30 million of it. Cause there's something will materialize between now and the start of the season. But for the most part, these teams were 
they, they took care of business early and got things done and everybody's already over the floor already. So it's just a different world we're living in. Let me, let me ask you this. Why doesn't Miami, even if it's just to help create some leverage, call up Philly and say, Hey, do you want what we're offering for Dame? Yeah. For, for James Harden. I know I'd rather have Dame right between yeah, the two. And then the contracts are very, you could argue Damian Lillard's, the length of his contract might be less appealing actually than James Harden's contract. I think you make a really strong argument for that, but I mean, there's two, you know, high scoring guards that are out there and Miami's got a contract offer or got a, an offer that could be on the table. And if, if Portland says that's not enough, what's to prevent Pat Riley from calling up Daryl Morey and saying, Hey, what do you think? Yeah, I, and I get where you're saying just from a leverage kind of play. I don't know sure. that James Harden exactly screams uh, heat culture and hard Very work true. Very like true. That. <laughs> and, and that's not to – like, and I'm not picking on James Harden. I, no. I think vast majority of his career, he has played very hard. And, you know, he's, he's you know, he had a great, great career. You know, no matter mm – -hmm. hey, I know some people bristle at the idea of, you know, in the well-reported stories of James Harden left the strip club at, you know, 6 a.m., slept for an hour, went to shoot around, and then, you know, dropped 50 that night. Yeah. Some guys are just that way. I mean, MJ was that way. Like, he could, you know, stay out all night, golf all day, and then go, you know, kill you on the court that night later so you know that's just some guys are built that way but hey it's yeah i i, I don't know i, I also i would maybe be a slightly bit terrified of you know james harden and uh miami all the time like that's <laughs> that's a little worrisome not that james he harden would have a lot of fun is, you know all that much better yeah i mean why hey, watch him land in one of those spots and rip off an mvp season because it's like james harden wins mvp on two hours of sleep a night and, right you know is he's uh you know stripper fueled rampages through the league and it's like all right why not but yeah i um yeah i, I don't know i think a lot of it ultimately with him his value is just not that high because he's he's older he's on an expiring contract he's he's he is showing very real signs of slipping in his game. You saw that at points last year, even if I thought he was still an all-star level guy. So I think you are a little bit worried about, you know, is this going to work is where I think with Damian Lillard, you can maybe feel a little bit more confident of, all right, he, we'll, we'll, we'll still pull this off with him for at least two or three really good years left in his career. Keith, I didn't realize this, this, this is, this has to be our last front office show. Because I don't think we are ever reaching the peak, the pinnacle again of James Harden's stripper-fueled stripper rampage. rampage. Yeah, hey, why not, right? I mean, I don't know. It's July 19th. I'm, I'm running, out of, running out of things to say. <laughs> All right, let's 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 get into uh, some actual stuff that, that went down in terms of uh, moves that were made. Uh, the Spurs decided to waive Lamar Stevens, and the Raptors waived Joe Wieskamp. Uh, th this is... Obviously, right? Not championship deciding moves or anything sure. like that. But this is the kind of stuff that you're going to have going on now, especially as teams start to look to get their get their house in order ahead of you know training camp is a few months away, and they start to cut down on the roster, make some decisions and things of that nature. Um, so that you're going to start to see some little things like this here and there. Yeah, that's exactly it. And with the Spurs, it's it's really more about roster spots than yep. anything else. They're nowhere near the the luxury tax line. So it's definitely not about that. It's not about creating cap space. They, they've used up all their cap space. Now uh, this was really about, we don't have a roster spot for this guy. Let's cut him loose. Let him go catch on with another team and go. Lamar Stevens really is not bad. He, he had moments for the Cavs uh, last year and the year before. So he's somebody I think could 
mm-hmm. catch on somewhere, maybe, you know, at least back end of the roster, maybe even work his way into a rotation. So, so that's, uh, you know, kind of part one of that is there. He did get 400,000 guaranteed. He, how he landed with the Spurs, just in case people forgot, he was part of the Max Struess sign and trade. The, the Heat sent Max Struess out. The, uh, the, Cavs sent uh, Jetty Osman and Lamar Stevens to the Spurs. So mm-hmm. speaking of eating contracts early, those were two that the Spurs uh, took on early and they got a couple yep. draft picks for, for doing so. And then Joe Wieskamp, former Spur, uh, he was with the Raptors. He got waived again. Same thing. Contract was coming up on its guarantee date. And the, uh, the the Raptors were in a spot where all right, we're just going to move on here. We'll we'll free up the uh, the Ross spot. They're about five million under the tax line too. So for them, it was starting to get a little close. So they'll probably. My guess is either they they like to bring a bunch of guys to training camp on mm-hmm. partially guaranteed deals and let them fight it out. So that's probably what they'll do again. That's kind of how Wees Camp got there in the first place. Um, they, Cause he, he was part of one of those groups. So, so we'll see. And uh, your old friend, uh, Svi Mikhailuk did that a couple years ago. Yep. Where he, he, uh, he, he played his way into a roster spot. So it's probably what the Raptors will do again. And whoever is the best of the group, will get the roster spot. The other guys will either go to the G league or move on somewhere else. Yeah. Yep. And as I think you noted, because we, we talk about James Harden, we talk about Damian Lillard, Pascal Siakam is the other name that's out there, but I believe this was in your notebook that the Raptors are kind of getting a reputation around the league as the team that, that dangles players out there and then pulls them back and isn't really going to move. So that'll be another thing to keep an eye on as the Raptors kind of make little moves like this. Do they ultimately do something with Siakam and, and move him? Or does it become that situation again where, like we've heard, like we talked about last offseason, we've probably talked about it the offseason before, where they've got players they can move and, oh, are they going to do it? Are they going to? And then they don't wind up doing anything. with it. Yeah, it's either going to be like they keep these guys and it's a slow exodus, which we saw, mm-hmm. right? We saw Kyle Lowry go. We saw Fred Van Vliet go. And now will it be, you know, Siakam and Anobi, you know, those kind of things. And what, what you can't do is it's fine to keep guys and then just kind of let them leave. Sometimes that's better than making sure. a trade and taking on a bunch of salary. But I think what gets uh, too much is when good players are leaving for nothing, then all of a sudden it's like, why did we not trade this guy and at least get something uh, before he left? That's where you're going to be very, very careful um, in those situations. So, so we'll see. And I I think, yeah, Masai Ujiri is just, he's a tough guy to to deal with. Uh, Same with uh, his kind of Lieutenant there, Bobby Webster, those two guys, like they they drive hard bargains and it's not, they're they're not, it's not that they're doing anything wrong. They just value their guys and they, they, they want to get a good deal uh, for their players. And that makes it a little bit tough at times. All right. Let's talk about the Oklahoma city thunder. Who's one of my favorite teams to watch last season. They were a blast. They played hard every single game. And so Mark Dagnall, let's start there. He gets a contract extension. They're getting Chet Holmgren back, which their big hole on that team was at the center position. I'm excited for this team for next year. And I, I thought Dagnall did a fantastic job coaching them. So this is a very well-deserved extension for him. Yeah, I completely agree. They run some of the best stuff yeah. in the league. And, you know, I, I tend to, I don't know why I do this, but I call it running stuff for offense and then running schemes for defense. I'm not <laughs> sure why that's just how stuff my brain works, but it's, it's, um, but they, they, they really do. And as their talent uh, gets better, as far as bringing in more talent or the talent they have improves and matures that, that stuff they run is going to only look even better. So, so they're, they're really in a great spot for you know, where, where they're going. Now the challenge is, so 
as a reminder to everybody, you can carry now 21 players mm -hmm. on your offseason roster. It used to be 20 under the new CBA. It's up to 21 because what the NBA did was when they added the third two-way spot, they didn't just take that out of the overall uh, thing at 20, which is what they did initially when they added the two-way spots. It was, hey, you can bring up to 17 guys on standard contracts. Or, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 18 guys on standard in two, two ways. Now what it is, is you can still bring the 18 guys on standard and then you can have up to, to three, uh, two ways and 21 total. It all counts. So I've seen a lot of stuff where people like Keontae Johnson, who signed a two way with the thunder after being drafted in the second round, they're seeing people, well, he doesn't count because he's a two way. No, it counts. It all counts to 21. As we right. record this on July 19th at about two 30 in the afternoon, they are at 21 total players. So Jack White, who is a two-way guy with the Nuggets, who they've reportedly are going to sign, they can't sign him right now. It's not to say that they won't or anything mm -hmm. is going on with that. They're just sitting on 21 total players, uh, be, mostly because of some of the deals they jumped in. Uh, th that's how they got. So where they're sitting today, they're on 20 standard contracts. Yeah, that I was going to say, these aren't two-ways. Oh, these are not That's two ways. They have one guy on the two way, 20 standard deals. That needs to be down to 15. Now, Oof. it doesn't need to get down to 15 until you get to the start of the regular season. There's a couple, I think, easy waivers made in there because they're sure. veteran guys like Rudy Gay, Victor Oladipo, contracts they ate in order to get an asset out of eating those deals. But then you get into a lot more complicated situations uh, for this um, for this uh, Thunder team. And what I I talked to two different teams this morning, just was checking in on a couple other things. And then you get talking about other stuff independently. Both of them brought up, hey, what's OKC going to do? Like, like yeah. what, what are you hearing? What do you think? Who are they going to cut? And, and it was uh, one of them said, yeah, we're all kind of watching because they're probably going to cut a guy or two who's nobody's Who going to swing be. the title. But should be on a roster and yeah. a guy or two who other teams, you know, may look to claim or may say, hey, rather than cut that guy, let's see if we can do a trade or something like that. So it's a really uh, tricky spot that they're in. So who are the guys that you're looking at the roster? Who are the guys that you see that they could be in danger? I mean, like Isaiah Joe is a non-guarantee, but he shot the hell out of the ball last season. Yeah. Is that is that like is that so. one of the I, things? I think he's a lock to to stay. Okay. Um, so the, so so I kind of as these moves come in, I do my own projections and do this. So these are the five guys. I have them projected a wave. I may be off on one or two. We'll see. Mm -hmm. uh, Rudy Gay, Victor Oladipo. Those are the easy ones. Yeah. I think there's a chance they may cut Ty Ty Washington. Mm -hmm. Just they have so many guards. Like I just, yeah. I just don't see it. Right. You've got, you've already got SGA. You've got Giddy. Uh, you Casey have Wallace. Isaiah Joe. You signed Vasily Misich, who's coming over from Europe. Uh, you have Kassam Wallace. So you're really in a spot where it's like, you know, do, do you need him? Um, so we'll see. Then now, so those are kind of two easy ones. And then Washington, we'll see. Then where it gets tricky is of this group of players, Davis Bertans, uh, Aaron Wiggins, Trey Mann, Usman Garuba, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. You got to cut the three or two guys out of that group. Like that's not easy, right? Those so, are good players. Those guys are good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be the tricky spot for now. I plugged it in as Bertons and Robinson Earl, but it could go any number of ways. And, and, and let me be very clear too. I'm using the term cut. They could trade. 
one of those guys. Challenge, though, with a trade is roster spots are starting to dry up around the league as well. So that's your other problem is, you know, yeah, you could maybe trade Trey Man and get, you know, a minor asset for him. We got to find somewhere that can fit in his salary and then give him a roster spot. Otherwise, they're right in the same spot you were. But that's that's the tricky thing for the Thunder right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something they're really going to have to figure out. Now, I will say probably always better to be in this spot than be like, and we only have five good players, right? Yeah. That's, that's not great to great place to be in, but it, it is still something you know worth monitoring here. And these are the kind of things you know we'll be watching over the next few weeks because generally teams don't like to carry a bunch of guys into training camp that they don't intend to roster. They try to resolve yeah. these things ahead of the training camp uh, process starting up. Well, there's certainly going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, and like you said, teams around the NBA are noticing this and they're getting ready to pounce. So if you look any team that has an open roster spot could very well jump on, on any of these players that eventually get get uh, cut free. Uh, of the news we've got, the Suns are going to create a G League team. Finally. Yeah, Finally. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They had one for a little while. The and Northern then they, Arizona Suns. And then they, did, they, they sold it, as I recall. Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> he sold it. Yes, he absolutely did. They were uh, known for the Suns rarely filled both two-way spots under Robert Sarver, and the Northern Arizona team carried the bare minimum of nine players most of the time they existed under him. So, yeah, yeah, not great. But Matt Ishbia, he was on a local Arizona radio station, and they said, hey, one of the questions is, you know, a lot of people are like, we don't have a G League team. You know, what's going on with that? And uh, Matt Ishby's response was, uh, let's give it a week or two, and then we'll see how you guys feel about that. So I think he's so basically saying we're going to get a G League team. That'll be all 30. Now we'll have 30 of them. There'll actually be 32 total uh, G League teams because we still have uh, G League Ignite, which is obviously like the minor league bringing uh, guys straight from high school yep. uh, team. And then we have the uh, Mexico City team, yes. uh, the Capitans, um, who are uh, there as well. So, um, so we're we're moving into this uh, Portland's G League team, which everybody thought Portland was going to be the final holdout uh, because under Neil O'Shea and others, they were like, we don't need one, we don't want one. We we can develop our guys better here in house with us and sending them to the G League. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I wonder if as he moved out and then ownership. Uh, change with Jody Allen taking over from her late brother. If Adam Silver, because we know he wanted a full 30 team G League, if he maybe put a little pressure on, but the uh, Rip City Remix, they're going to be called. They, they start uh, uh, the, this coming season. And then the Suns, my guess is it's probably too late for them to start start play this year, but probably the year after that, we'll, we'll see uh, the Suns have a G League team. And my other guess is if it goes the way these things are starting to go regularly, it'll be somewhere close by uh, most of these teams are trying to bring their G League team fairly close by just because it makes it easier to shuttle players back and forth between the two leagues. What should that team's name be? This, hmm. uh, in, in in Phoenix, in that market, the Mercury is already taken. Phoenix Rising is a thing. Of course, you've got the Diamondbacks. Uh, you've got the, the Arizona Cardinals. Could you, what, what if you did something like the, I don't know, Arizona Cacti or something? The Cacti. Yeah, yeah. right? Did you ever play the Final Fantasy video games? Um, Not like religiously, like a lot of people did, but there I'm familiar a, with them to a degree. Yeah, there was a desert uh, bad guy you could fight, and I think they were called Cactar, and they um 
So they looked like humanoid cactuses. So mm-hmm. you could do something that's like that, like a cactus, like dribbling a ball. But what could be funny, what if the ball was flat? Because like it popped on the, the the spikes of the cactus. Like that would be fun. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Let me, let me throw this one out there. For, for alliteration sake, there is an area called Higley that's in, that's in Arizona. What if they went with the Higley Haboobs? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know what that is. What you is don't that? know what a hubub is? It's a giant yeah. dust storm from having lived there for, for a number of years. It's a giant dust In fact, they just had one there the other day. Um that that would be fun to say, and <laughs> yeah. w- and would make and would make some sense for the area. But I know I don't think they will really sure. go with that because most people around the country would say, "What is a haboob?" Look it yeah, up; it's actually that's pretty exactly crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember the old G League teams? This is more maybe dipping into scheduled nonsense here. But <laughs> when they first started, they were like the, the rim rockers and the, the yeah. low gators and like all it, these, it like, was like uh, slam ball names. Yeah, yeah. They 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 were crazy names back in the day. And, yeah, and now they're like things like the Celtics and Lakers. And yeah, South Clippers, Bay Lakers. Like, and yeah, stuff like, come like on. That. Let's, like the main Red Claws, like they never should have changed it. Yeah. Like, that was fun. It was a you know lobster dribbling a basketball with a claw somehow. Come on. I don't know how that works, but yeah, it should have stayed the Red Claws. That's what, when, when I'm given power over the NBA, all G League teams have to have a fun, silly regional name. <laughs> <laughs> they can't just be named after the the, the NBA team. They're, and if you and if you don't come up with something, you will be named via Mad Libs, and whatever yeah, you get, good. you get. <laughs> Mad Libs done by uh, children no older than the age of seven. Yes. So if yes. you end up like the fart monkeys, you're the fart monkeys, <laughs> and that's it. What a show today! <laughs> we got James Harden, Stripper like, Field, Rampage, and the Fart Monkeys. All right. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about Anthony Davis. Uh, he is expected to extend with the Lakers. This is uh, Dave McMenamin was talking on Zach Lowe's podcast the other day and said from people he's talked to, they do expect him to extend. That would give him five years under contract, including this uh, this current or upcoming season, however you want to look at the 2023-2024 season. But he could sign a three-year extension of $167 million. August 4th, he'll be able, eligible to do that. Uh, and the expectation is that he will. Doesn't mean it's going to happen right away, but sounds like they're of like mind, AD and the Lakers, in terms of coming to terms on, on an extension. Yeah, a little cap quirk here, CBA quirk. Anthony Davis's current deal includes an ETO um, instead of a uh, player option. And when it's an ETO, 
um, which stands for early termination option. Functionally, in almost every way, they're exactly the same. But where they differ is in an ETO, if you decline the ETO, um, you can't necessarily sign for more money than what the ETO was worth. So that's where mm -hmm. it gets very, very uh, kind of tricky off of those um, there, which is why sometimes people avoid them and they don't want them. They would rather have a player option. So, uh, but it's, it, you know, he's going to get paid basically what he would have got paid otherwise. But this is why often you'll hear a lot of times guys declined a player option. They added four years onto their deal. He'll only probably likely do a three-year extension. Yeah, right. That, that's, that's what we'll see there with, with Anthony Davis. And so he'd be essentially picking up the ETO. He'd be locking yep. in for that year and then adding three years on top of, of that. Yep. That's, what we would that's exactly it. Okay. Um, the Bulls. Reportedly interested in Christian Wood. This is from Dan Moyke of the LA Times. I had heard this about a week ago or so. So it's kind of buzzing around there, especially as that Lonzo Ball uh, DPE stuff was coming mm -hmm. through, the disabled player exception. And so now the Bulls have, they've got a little over 10 million with that DPE. But I, we had a conversation about this, Keith, that they're unlikely to use all of it, um, but they could still spend more than the teams that, like like my Lakers that, that have a veteran minimum to use. They could still outbid those teams, if they decide, hey, Christian Wood's probably the best on the market right now, let's throw mm -hmm. this at him and at least add him into the fold. Yeah, and, and with a disabled player exception, you can sign a free agent or you could trade for a player, but the big key is it has to be a one-year deal. The, the, the intent of it is it gives you some level to replace the player you lost. That that's, mm -hmm. that's really what the thought is. The thought is not to get a guy and then have him for multiple years. Now, what you could do with Christian Wood in this case is, let's say the Bulls got to a position where, and it, it's, it's a little over $10 million, but let's say they gave him $10 million. What they could do is at the end of the year, they would have his non-bird rights and they could offer him, you know, a 20% bump off of that. So that would bring him up to what, 12, 12 million in mm -hmm. the next year. And he could kind of play the game that way a little bit um, with that. So that, that could be something on court. Yeah, it makes some sense. They could use another front court guy with some scoring punch. Uh, you know, right now you have uh, Vucevic and Drummond, and then Pat Williams is kind of your only other guy. So you could, you know, you could get uh, Wood in there as another bigger player, fit in probably. Probably, my guess is takes most of Drummond's minutes. Um, I don't think he would start. I think he probably comes off the bench. But you, you could do some stuff with him. Their challenge, though, for Chicago is right now they are only, by my count about 3 million below the tax line that mm -hmm. is functionally uh, been a hard cap for for Reinstorf for years so i don't know that he's going to be willing to necessarily go into the uh, luxury tax um you know with this so that could limit how much they pay but there's nothing to say they couldn't always make another move to shed sure. a little bit of salary and create a little bit more wiggle room under there and you know maybe not the full 10 million but you know maybe they give him 8 or 9 million and that's at this point, if you're Christian Wood, if you could get that, that's probably not the worst idea. I tend mm -hmm. to think it's, he'd be better off for his career in totality. Take a minimum, but in a really great spot where you can prove you can still really get it done, you can play, and then you can um, be in a place where you can uh, you know, rebuild your value and get back onto the market and sign those big contracts after that. But, you know, hey, if you want to get it now and you feel like the Bulls are a good spot, yeah, why not? Keith, did you see the quote that was floating around um, <laughs> from Dan Wojcicki's piece about Christian Wood? I didn't. Uh, this is. Let me read it to you. This is an NBA source talking to Dan Wojcicki. Said, 
it, about Christian Wood maybe winding up with the Lakers, said if LeBron can get him to toe the line, it cements LeBron as the greatest player of all time. That's how hard it is. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, accurate. That's rough. That's yeah. rough. I think that that's that feels a little bit hyperbolic. Sure. I, mean, I don't think Christian Wood's quite no. that level of, you know, I mean, you know, he's not Dennis Rodman. Like, let's, you know, let's be clear. But, yeah, I mean, he's had some issues some mm -hmm. some places. And, you know, when it looks like things are going right for him, they tend to only go right for so long. And then, then he hits some kind of bump in the road. So, yeah, I mean, that, but that's the kind of place where I think it would make sense, right? Go mm -hmm. to L.A., you can really actually play a role there. You probably play, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes a night, probably more on the nights when like AD is out or sitting or whatever. You can really kind of just be like, all right, go, you know, go, go do your, do what you do, right? Go score 30 points and, you know, keep us in a game and those kind of things. But yeah, it's, we're getting down to it now. I mean, we're, there's not a lot of money left to spend. And, you know, it's now it starts to become a lot about fit more than anything yeah. else. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about scheduled nonsense. I just realized I need an I need like a sound effect or an intro yeah, or something yeah, for, yeah. for scheduled non nonsense. I'll need to build something for that. Maybe while you're on vacation uh, next week, which I'm still going to have a few shows out. We got some stuff we'll piece together, but Love Keith it. is going to be on vacation next week. You'll be out in the middle of the ocean uh, on a cruise ship having a good yeah. time, but completely disconnected. Do you know, I will not be dialing in from cruise ship right. Wi-Fi if there's a trade or anything no. like that. It'll be uh, we will catch back up on that uh, uh, when I get home, and you'll you'll get all my thoughts then. It's uh yeah, it's funny day on the old um fantasy focus uh football and uh, uh baseball podcast they they would do kind of, it was like scheduled nonsense. I forget what they called it, but it was at like always at the end of the show. Um, if they did it and like, they would play this like thing. It was like, warning, warning, nothing but nonsense from here on out. <laughs> and it was like, it was great. So you knew like, all right, I'm done. I don't want to listen to whatever this foolishness is. But often it was usually the best part of the show. So I always listened. Well, that then the, you're setting the bar very high for this segment. Then this is going to be the best part of the show. But no, what, what I want to talk about before you go on your, on your cruise it's coming out while you're on the cruise. Disney's Haunted Mansion. It's <laughs> it's caught my attention. And my first because there was the one that was like back in the early 2000s with Eddie yeah, Murphy. Was that was yeah, it was it was not good. And so that's got my expectations very low. I've watched some of the trailers and I'm kind of talking myself into this to the point where I like I'm going, okay, it's PG 13. Can my now seven she turned seven yesterday? Can my seven-year-old handle this or will there be a few too many like kind of jump scary moments that, that'll get through because i'm kind of getting to a point where i'm like i may actually want to go see this thing i'm sure she could probably handle it yeah. my guess is any of the stuff that like is jokey would probably go over her head right yeah. disney's usually pretty good about that but yeah it might be one of those ones that if you're in a nice theater and you lift the arm seat up and let her snuggle in for the scarier moments yeah you probably will pull that off but yeah it's it does look kind of funny the no yeah. it is funny the state farm commercials where they did is like one of the sponsored tie-ins and it's like jake with um oh my gosh uh rosario dawson is in it right oh yeah and yeah. Uh, and like she's she's like, what could we do about this? And then uh, at one point he's like, uh, run. And then they start like running out. So yeah, it's kind of funny. But yeah, I I don't think it looks terrible. I no. there's a chance. So you know, full disclosure, we're going on a Disney cruise. They generally play, you know, their stuff. Oh, you might. I forgot about yes, that. You may be able to see it. 
Yeah, we might be able to pick it up and see it for free. Uh, and no, definitely, I'm more, I shouldn't say definitely, but I'm really hopeful Indiana Jones is playing on there because oh, not hearing good things, I don't really want to pay for it. So I'm kind of excited to be able to. Really? I heard some pretty good things on Indiana Did Jones. You? Yeah, I yeah. didn't hear great stuff. So, so we'll see. Okay. So I'll give you a review when I get back and let you know because right. fairly certain we'll be able to see that. And that's, it sounds so stupid because I'm on a cruise ship, but that's like one of my favorite things to do is watch it's, movies. It's, just in general, one of my favorite things to do is go to the movies because I just like I like it's like a chance for a couple hours to just turn ev- like everything off in my world. And you know, that's why I would never, ever want to be like a prime NBA newsbreaker because I just can't oh, do that. Multiple phones right? and all yeah, that. Like, nope, yeah. Nope. That's not for me. I want to be able to turn all that stuff off. Go watch a movie for a couple hours and not you know, have to wait till it comes out, watch it at home and pause it every 15, 20 minutes to you know go do do return a text or a call. Right. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I want to go sit and watch a movie and be entertained. So so yeah, I'm See, excited. That, it's scary. That's part of the appeal of the cruise to you, is you can just go up, oh, I'm in the middle of the ocean. Yep. But I, I'm not I can't do anything about it. Sorry, phone. Yep. I'm not going to pay any attention to you. I'm going to old school it all through ESPN on the TV, and there you go. I will watch the you know the bottom line to see you know all right, well what happened, and then I'll like remember that you'd miss like your score, or you'd miss. Like, oh, the and then you got to wait for it to re-air like half hour like, later, hour later, whatever. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it would be like, and if it was in like August, you'd have like NFL preseason games, uh, yep. soccer games, and then baseball scores. And I'd be like, man, I just wanted to see my one score. And it's going to be like 30 minutes before we go. And I'd be like getting yelled at because my mom would be like, we have to leave. Like, what are you doing? You're just still sitting there watching that stupid thing. So, yeah, between that and old school sports center, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to old school for, for a week. Now we live in a world where people can't, people are upset if we don't like segment the videos so yes. they can jump to one specific yeah. topic. It's at the bottom of the screen. We have the topics up. And if we don't actually like put in the link to it, people are, are upset. Back in, back in my day, when we had to walk uphill both ways in the snow to and from school, that was when we had to wait an extra hour just to catch the clip that we missed on SportsCenter to find out what the score of the game was. Oh, this generation. Let me give you, you, you. Here, you want some prime nonsense that you just made me think of? Yeah. So my great-grandmother, she, she's passed now, but she she passed it. She was 102 when she passed, or allegedly 102. We don't exactly know because when she was born, there were not great records kept. But she um she would tell us all the time that where she lived in Maine, um she – they, she would tell us like I had to you know walk uphill you know both ways to school and we always thought it was just her saying the thing that old grandmothers say. Mm-hmm. And then she would tell us and we couldn't wait till the winter to come because then the pond would freeze over and I could walk across the pond to 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 the schoolhouse. And she would tell us all this stuff. So one day, me and my dad jumped in the car and drove up to her like found like where she lived. The house was no longer there, but found like where she lived. Every word of it was true. So what it was, was there, there was a pond, one that like direct path over to where the schoolhouse was. Uh, so that was the one interesting thing. And why it was uphill both ways is you had to go up a hill, then down and then up another hill to go into mm-hmm. the thing. So for her coming home, you were going back up that, that other hill on the other way. So that was that, that or I guess up and then down was how it was. And then, Still. so you had to go back up and down. Yep. So she, she was absolutely telling the truth, you know, on, on that. So I uh, go, going to school every day for her. And that was, and she used to say, and they would send us home for lunch. 
And then like we found like all this old stuff that was like, yep, they would send the kids home. They did not do lunch at the schoolhouse. So as you'd go home for lunch and help the family with whatever needed done and then back back to school for the afternoon. Hmm. If you were good enough, most of the boys did not go back in the afternoon because by then they were in the farm chores and other stuff. So so it was most most of the girls who went back for the afternoon classes. It was a it was a different world. And, and Keith, yeah. you, you mentioned, you know, walking across. Hey, let's get a bunch of kids to walk across the frozen right? pond on the way to school. Yeah. What could go wrong? Well, after the first few, you're probably OK. It's, you know, it's, sure. it's just the, you know, it's those first couple that fall in. It's like, yeah. so as long uh, as you're not first. Then, yeah, then well, that's okay. my family's had like 25 kids back then, right? Because you sacrificed a few to things like <laughs> testing out the it's, bond. It's the opposite of being chased by a bear, where in that situation, you want to be the fastest one. You want to be in first. If you're crossing the pond, be last. Yeah, be the last it. person yep. to go across. Let everybody else go first and let them figure out whether or not you can actually get out there, which just makes <laughs> brings me back to the Mighty Ducks. Gordon Bombay, what were you thinking? Driving that limousine out on the ice. Man, with a bunch dangerous of out there. Yeah, bad news. Yeah. Dangerous. But he stuff. knew, right? Didn't he say like I he said he knew or whatever? Famous last Maybe. words. That's it. That's true. <laughs> there was probably a version of that, right? Where it cracked and the limo fell through the ice or something yeah. happened. So yeah. All right. I think that's enough nonsense for today. I think that's enough. But thank you, everybody, for joining us again. Make sure you are subscribing to the NBA front office show over on YouTube. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Till next time, see ya, and stay safe. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready our foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.